Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of College Football here with the Betting Predators. I am your host, Justin Rodriguez. You can find me on Twitter at CoachJRod1. I am blessed, humbled, and honored for the 11th straight week to be joined by my uncle, everybody's uncle, the professional himself, Dave Essler. You can catch him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler, where he's now bringing you video content, uh, I think on a daily basis, not sure. Is that going to be more to come, Mr. Essler? Yeah, I mean, I can't do it every day. There's just certain restrictions, uh, but I'll do them as often as I can. And yeah, I'm everybody's Uncle Dave today because I gave him an easy winner yesterday. Um, tomorrow, um, that could change. You know, it's a, people are fickle that way. Luke Fickle? Luke Fickle? No, not that, not that fickle. Okay. Uh, you're my uncle every day. I've taken two DNA tests. Um, when I went on a two-game best bet skid, uh, you reprimanded me. You made me want to – or you made me almost take a third. But I'm going to pass this over to you. How's that best bet record doing now? Yours or mine? Mine. Oh, yours is uh, seven and three, 70%. That's so, good, right? Yeah, that's solid. And, and, and where are we at with yours, Uncle it's Dave? Small, it's a small sample size. Super small. you got to start somewhere. You have to. It's better than the small sample size being three and seven. Would you agree? Absolutely. But for the second straight week, minus a straggler with Auburn, um, listeners profited off of the free podcast, yes? I think so. I, I think the, the week before we were pretty much pretty much undefeated last week. I don't know. We had more winners than losers, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, the, we had the TCU best bet. That one got done. Um, we had the under on the Auburn uh, game. The only thing that didn't cover for us, I think that we agreed on, was that Auburn. And then once again, in the non-best bet crossfire with me, I got obliterated, but um, I did get the the win in the crossfire with TCU and Baylor. Um, I didn't expect that out of Baylor, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be um, a, a late backdoor cover by TCU, but uh, – that's just the way the chips fall, and we're never going to, uh, I guess, argue about a cashing ticket, right? Well, I had Baylor, so, you know, we can move on anytime you're ready. Okay, we're moving on right now. Guys, we have a great slate of games. We're going to run through these as quick as possible, maybe a pizza bet here at the end. Um, I'm just going to tee them up for Uncle Dave. I do have my best bet. He could let me know when he wants me to pop off with that. Um, but I'm going to tee him up for the professional himself, and we're going to go from there. First game, number six, Michigan. They're eight and one. They're traveling to unranked Penn State, six and three. Opening line of this game was Michigan plus one over under 47. Current line, Michigan minus one and a half over under 48 and a half. Uncle Dave, I may or may not have the best bet here, but we'll let you kick it off. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean, obviously, it's close to a pick em, but. You know, there's a big part of me that's just still not sold on Michigan. Um, their only good win was that blowout at Wisconsin. And, and, yeah, that is a good win. But to me, it's overshadowed by the meltdown at Michigan State. And I can't forget that they barely beat Nebraska. And they only scored 29 last week at home against Indiana. So, you know, I do know both of those games were what we call potential flat spots. But, like, really elite teams and coaches don't succumb to flat spots. So it was hard for me to get to them here. Um, with that in mind, Penn State's loss at Illinois was both unforgivable and a flat spot, uh, and yet the much lower-ranked team came out here favorite. It's flipped a little bit now. 
Uh, if this were a night game and maybe a whiteout game, I probably wouldn't have much trouble getting to Penn State. It's a noon game. Um, for all the love heaped on Michigan's defense, Penn State actually has better defensive numbers there. They're third in the nation in points per play and have an elite red zone defense. Um, no disrespect to Michigan's defense, but that total went from 48 to 45 and a half, and, and I don't see it. You know, the Penn State defense is seventh, and the Wolverine defense is 11th in pass yards allowed. Uh, and, and I don't see chunk plays, if you will. It doesn't look like Penn State will be able to run the ball. I mean, they're just averaging 3.3 yards per rush on the season. So that shouldn't improve. You know, I trust Clifford. At home, he's better than on the road. I don't dislike McNamara. Um, at home, he's much better than on the road. So it'd be easy to like the home team here. I just think Michigan might have more ways to win and, and maybe more to play for. Uh, I, I lean to Michigan, um, and only because it's not a night game, but I do like the under as my my best bet in that game. Well, one of the reasons why I like to go first is because everybody knows that Uncle Dave has credibility. I'm still trying to build mine. So I don't want it to come off to the listeners as if I'm copying my uncle. But let me give you some stats here, Uncle Dave. Michigan is one and six straight up on the road as an underdog under Mr. Harbaugh. The Wolverines are two and nine straight up on the road against ranked teams in the AP Top 25 under Mr. Harbaugh. They are not at a high level of performance when these situations come up. This line is very, very close to a pick We look at the three losses for Penn State. Yes, Illinois was unforgivable. At Iowa is forgivable, where Mr. Clifford, which you spoke of, actually got hurt. I feel like he was playing hurt against Illinois, okay? Um, he struggled in that game. Michigan's defensive line is stout. They got two defensive ends that are probably going to go in the first 15 picks of the NFL draft, but I think that the way and the the way to create separation from Michigan is what Nebraska did, is what Michigan State did. You saw it with Thorne, and that's to throw the ball. They can be thrown on. Uh, Mr. Clifford is uh, 230 or 200, 2,371 yards in the air, 16 touchdowns, only six interceptions. I think as crazy as it sounds in this spot, I'm getting the better team in Penn State. I know that Michigan might have more ways to win and more motivation to win, but I think that Penn State's going to play spoiler here, here at home. Michigan State's going on the road. I think the early uh, – Early uh, start time actually works against Michigan, even though we've talked on past podcasts about how maybe the crowd isn't as into it there um, for the noon start. But I think Penn State's going to be ready. Um, Accompany that with almost 80% of the tickets on Michigan. Go ahead and give me Penn State minus the one and a half at home best bet. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I think I said it in my first sentence where, you know, it's hard for me to trust. Michigan slash Harbaugh. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't love that one at all. Um, you know, it, it all comes down to, I think, you know, whether Clifford can move the ball uh, and, and honestly, which team makes the silliest mistake last is going to lose. I don't disagree with you there. Um, they've both been in some, t- t- some tight games. They both rebounded well after losses. Um, but I just fr- think Franklin's team are always going to be motivating, can get up for a game. Um, so we'll just see where they go, but I could tell you eight and three sounds a hell of a lot better than seven and four. So we'll hope for that, but we will move on uncle Dave. We have number nine, Notre Dame. They're eight and one. They're traveling to Virginia 
six and three unranked here in the uh, late stages of the season opening line, Notre Dame minus five over under 64 and a half current line, Notre Dame minus five and a half over under 64. Uncle Dave, this is Notre Dame's first time traveling in three weeks. Ironically enough, last time they did travel, they went to Virginia tech. They did get the outright win, but kind of struggled a little bit. Um, Virginia's defense is terrible. I'm on the over here. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to end up being with you. I mean, I, you know, and probably Virginia. If this weren't like, quote unquote, Notre Dame, uh, we just took the names off the rotation numbers and look at the numbers. I, I, I wonder if the Irish would be more or less a prohibitive favorite uh, in a night game on the road like this. Uh, you know, you mentioned this is only their third true road game all season. And everybody remembers week one when they barely beat the Seminoles in Tallahassee. And as you said, a month, a month ago, they, they barely beat VTech and, and could have, should have lost that one, actually. So, yeah, they're ranked in the top 10, but do I think they're one of the best, uh, one of the 10 best teams? No, no, I don't. Uh, I think on a neutral field, uh, there's a bunch of teams ranked considerably lower than Notre Dame that they'd probably be underdogs to. You know, Virginia, they are off a bye, but they did give up 106 points in their last two games, 66 to Brigham Young. And, you know, you know, Virginia will have the ball in the air. They throw the ball more than I think all but four teams in the nation percentage wise. And the Irish pass defense just isn't that good. Um, the UVA doesn't get after the quarterback. Uh, and even though 64, I don't know what it is now. Uh, that's what I looked at last uh, Monday when I read this. And, you know, I, I just think we see a ton of points. Uh, and because UVA can score, I don't think Notre Dame will ever really close the back door. You know, I got, yeah, I guess the Irish could blow them out. I would never lay those points. So uh, I lean to uh, the home team plus some points, and I like the over. Yeah, I think in just in this spot, we know that Virginia is going to give up points. With it being a night game at home, they should be a little bit more rejuvenated. I think they're going to be able to score with Notre Dame. I do think Notre Dame, as far as the line total is concerned, um, they might be able to pull away at, uh, at the end. The last uh, four games for Notre Dame, they've put up 34, 44, 31, and 32, while Virginia has given up 66, 40, 33, and 28. So you might chalk that up as square, but uh, I like the over there. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout there in Virginia uh, in a nice atmosphere. But um, even though they've only, even though Notre Dame has only won by small margins, uh, margins on the road, they have won nevertheless. So I am going to have to give them credit for that. We're going to move on to the big boys. We're going to the SEC. We got unranked Mississippi State. They're five and four. They're traveling to number 17, Auburn, who's six and three. Opening line, Auburn minus five and a half over under. 49 and a half current line Auburn minus five and a half still over under 50 Auburn let us down last week. Um, Uncle Dave, their offense just could not score down there in A&M. Uh, the, the spread being under a touchdown gives me pause, but I still am on an Auburn under for the third week in a row. What about you? I, I think I'll probably be there as well. My friend, this is an intriguing game for me. You know, I've been kind of off the Aggie bandwagon for a long time never been a Fisher fan. I bet against them last week and I got toasted again. But, you know, this week they're conference road favorites, which in a power conference is tough. I mean, against a, against at least an above average team. Also, this is only their second true road game. Uh, the only other one being at Missouri. So that was kind of a, a practice game. So clearly this isn't an Aggie layup in my opinion. I mean, last week, all the supposed sharps were on Liberty 
uh, over Ole Miss and at least until game day when I think the real money came in on the Rebels. Uh, the real money was correct. And uh, Mississippi is undefeated at home this season. So, you know, maybe we're a little too sour uh, on lane a little too early. You know, they will, as most teams have, have a, have a hard time running on the Aggies who only allow, I think, 3.6 yards per carry. And, you know, we think of Ole Miss as a passing team and they actually run the ball almost 60% of the time. So it's really strength against strength. And, you know, in as much as the Rebels defense can give it up, they're fifth in the nation in sacks and, and the A&M is far from a vertical offense. And as you might expect, especially after opening it, only, I think, 53 and a half in at least one book, it went quickly to 55 and a half. Uh, circle over 58 and a half and come down. And I think that's the money I believe also coincides with my lean to under, you know, it's a night game. So uh, a better old miss at some point and probably the under. Uh, and well, I think we got the best number at 56. I, I don't see uh, a scenario where it's the Aggies and over. So I lean uh, old miss and like the over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like the under. I was going to say, okay, I thought you said that. And the other thing is, is I actually misread this game. Uh, I, I announced the uh, Auburn and Mississippi State game. That was my fault. We have Texas A&M 7-2. and two. Uh, They're facing uh, Ole Miss number 15. They're 7-2 and two as well. So sorry for that. Um, all, the, all the handicapping, though, is still the same there. That's really, really good stuff. Uh, we're on the under. It's kind of hard, though, because uh, we think chalk-wise, whenever you do talk about a Kiffin team or which I still think think is the Heisman front runner I don't know that's getting a little murky for me but it's kind of hard to take Ole Miss under um, which we're on do you think that that's just a sharp versus square play week in and week out Uncle Dave yeah I do I mean and just look at last week against Liberty what was that total like 75 yeah um, huge yeah what was the final like I don't think they hit 28 14 42 yeah so um, yeah. I mean I, I think the books adjusted a little bit but you know, a and they're not um, they're not an up-tempo, ball-in-the-air, moving kind of offense. Uh, and I, I do think their defense is legit. So, yeah, I, I don't think the books have adjusted enough here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I like that under as well, and I'll keep on fading that as long as I can until the public catches up at least. We're going to go ahead and move on, Uncle Dave. we got three more to go. Um, we're going to do that little game on this one where we're going to say our picks at the same time, then I'll let you handicap it. But we have number 25, Arkansas. They're six and three. They're traveling to unranked LSU four and five opening line, Arkansas minus one over under 59 and a half current line, Arkansas minus two and a half over under 59 and a half. So here we go, uncle Dave on the count of three, just give me the team of the side you were on one, two, three, Arkansas, boom, crossfire. Take yeah, it away. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, take it away. Well, you're just taking the, you know, the market's going all the way to Arkansas here. It's up to three. I understand. I mean, I get Part of my research. It's hold on. So that's a good thing. So Dave is referencing that along with my research, I'm looking at market movement. So I'm looking at this game like a stock market, and I'm making an educated guess off of other people's educated guess. Um, do you find that to be a faulty point of research, Uncle Dave? Um, no, you're just maybe not always getting the best number. I mean, you could have had, uh, you know, as low as minus one. And the reality of the situation, you know, a book like Circa, which will take fairly good limits, um, 
early on in the betting cycle. They opened at three. It went actually down to two. Yeah, but you could also you could also prosecute somebody by only getting one side of the case and not the other side. Yeah, I don't doubt that. It's a week three. I know at 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 you know at three I might be I might be convinced to to take LSU, but I'm I'm taking LSU now because I have to. Well, any reason why? No, I'm just picking. I'm just picking against you now. <laughs> hey, I, look, I get the Arkansas love here. I just can't. Um, they have not won a true road game and have only played two true road games, zero in the last month. You know, we all know the LSU story, but their only home loss was to Auburn by five. I look at their record and then at their schedule. Since they started the SEC play in September, something like this. Beat Mississippi State on the road. Beat Auburn at home. Uh I lost Auburn at home, rather. Kentucky on the road, Florida at home, Ole Miss on the road, Alabama last week also on the road. You know, that's just, you know, you're going to suck playing that schedule. Um, you know, yeah, they got some cluster injuries, especially on offense, but, you know, they finished this season with three straight home games. So, you know, I expect Coach O to get 100,000% out of these guys in Baton Rouge. You know, I know they've had a hard time running the ball against anyone. Uh, I also know that Arkansas is one of the most run-heavy offenses in the country. So this game will come down to whether LSU can throw the ball against a fairly stingy Hogs pass defense. You know, unless teams decide to go tempo, I, I think 59 might be too many points, so I like the under. Um, but no matter what, it's just hard to fade LSU at night at home. But, you know, the line says the Hogs are almost six points better on a neutral field, um, and I'm inclined to think otherwise. So I, 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 I like I lean LSU and I like the under. This is external for me, to be honest with you. I can't really argue any of the points that you made. I just see two programs going in different directions. You've seen Arkansas make strides for what they are and uh, some games that they've competed in this year. And then you see LSU and maybe I wouldn't call it turmoil, but there's definitely a love loss between the university and Ed Orgeron. And I have to question um, how much uh, his heart is in it. With that being said, does he want to lose? No, but he also had such a terrible season last year. They're already four and five. You talked about the schedule. I think that those are just body shots. This is a a 12 round season uh, to kind of put it into those terms. And they've been taking body shots and body shots and body shots. And I think that they got up as much as possible last week against Alabama. And when they came up just short, I feel like there's nothing left. I think like the motivation's gone. Um, and then on the other side, I see this Arkansas team, which is uh, basically six and three, 25, number 25 in the country. And they're salivating. They can't wait to go in, into a wounded LSU and, and, and take advantage of them. And I just think it's going to mean more to the Arkansas kids. Uh, like we saw them celebrate when they beat an average Texas team uh, more so than it is to the coaching staff in LSU. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with you. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's a short spread. So, you know, either team winning is not going to be a huge shock. I just, I just think, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, you mentioned the, you know, Orgeron versus the university. And, and while I would grant you that, I mean, it's, it's no state secret, you know, I think the players would be for, for Orgeron, you know, there's, I think there's more than six degrees of separation between a football team and a coach and the university itself. And, you know, he did recruit all those guys and, and, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt 
until Arkansas kicks their ass. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Um, we have number eight, Oklahoma. They're nine and oh, they're going to be traveling to Baylor, number 13 in the country, seven and two, coming off a loss uh, last week to TCU. Opening line is Oklahoma minus six over under 66. Current line, Oklahoma minus five and a half over under 61 and a half. Uncle Dave, you're going to have to lock me up. You're going to have to throw away the key for me going down to my bank account, getting all the money that I possibly can and making the squarest pick ever in this over. It's down tick five points, which makes me think that the under has to be the right side. But Baylor couldn't stop anybody. Oklahoma can score on everybody. How is this game not going over? Yeah, I I think I'll be with you there. I mean, the the line move is certainly a a yellow flag, but. You know, as far as the game goes, you know, before Baylor's costly loss for both the Bears and me last week, I, I think I'd have taken the Bears without much hesitation. And now I have to think about it. You know, did they run into a shit storm on a super motivated TCU team last week? Well, yes. Yes, they did. But they did let Chandler Morris in his first college start throw for 461 yards, which I don't think can be understated against Oklahoma. You know, and in hindsight, Morris did transfer from and was recruited by Oklahoma. So that probably shouldn't have been as big of a shock as it was. And, you know, shame on me for, for not catching that sooner. But, you know, the Frogs defense did let Baylor average seven yards per play and run for 176 yards. You know, if this was Spencer Rattler, I, I'd still be on Baylor, but it's not. And like you said, the total uh, open went up, down, and back up and back down. So, I, yeah, I do like the over. And I clearly want to take Oklahoma, but – you know, aside from their once in a millennium win over Texas, you know, where's the good win in any semblance of the defense? You know, the, the side here went from five to six and a half, back down to five and a half. So if I could get six, uh, I would I would lean Baylor, and that might be as good as it gets, actually. And, you know, that's either a trap or a gift, I think, with Oklahoma's lack of a defense. You know, yeah, I wonder if they can close the back door. The Bears are undefeated at home. They do have some good wins, or at least more than Oklahoma does. So I could be convinced to take the Bears, especially at six. And again, I'm with you. I think there's plenty of points. Yeah, I think that Oklahoma's in a weird situation. They're on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs go. Um, they are undefeated. Uh, the schedule uh, with wins so far has been pretty poor. You talk about Texas being the best one there in a game that they easily could have lost and jumped out to a huge deficit there. Um, but I feel like that's almost kind of like motivation for Oklahoma. It's like, hey, we're not good enough yet. We definitely can't lose a game and get in. That's for sure. So we got to go out here and show it. Only problem is, is that Oklahoma defense, which it just is absolutely terrible. Um, I can never trust them to hold margin, even against the worst of the worst there in the Big 12. But Baylor has shown, like last week, that they can be thrown on. Um, I'm not even going to lean one way or another. I guess if I had to, gun to my head, or your money, not mine, Uncle Dave, I'm with Baylor. But I could also see OU being up by four, five, whatever the case is, and getting some touchdowns there at the end offensively. Uh, but I am on this over. It's square. There's no doubt about it. It's square. But uh, I don't see any other way around it, to be honest with you. Um, let me ask you this little side tangent here. I'm not saying what he should do, but you think Rattler's going to the NFL and taking the money, or you think he's going to enter the transfer portal? Well, you know what? I, what he's going to do is beyond me. Um, I think he probably goes to the transfer portal because, you know, he, he cost himself a shit ton of money. And 
I think is the only way. I mean, I'm talking, you know, millions from, you know, probably being a top 10 pick to, you know, right now he shouldn't probably be a second, third round pick. If that, and um, uh, second anyway, and, and still, um, you know, the difference in, in money, I, I think he, I think he enters the transfer portal. Um, I think he should. I think that's probably the advice he's getting, you know, whether he will or not. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he made enough image on the NIL deal that uh, he doesn't care anymore. I don't know. I think that uh, the perfect landing spot for him is whoever lands in USC. Rattler's kind of a fancy boy and likes the limelight. So Los Angeles will do him well. Yeah. And then the Jets can draft him and it'll be another so-called quarterback that can't handle the, the media and the cold in New York. Uh, well, let's not get into that. Um, it's beyond me. Okay. That, that's just a side tangent. I'm going to have to get pissed off. What made you think, and I know that there's people out there, Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio, so on and so forth. But what made you think that this little short dude from BYU with his mom hanging off his shoulder against that crappy schedule was going to be able to go be successful in New York city. I mean, nothing in my mind. I mean, you know, maybe he'll turn out good, but you know, coming from BYU where they play an okay schedule, you know, but it's not the sec. I mean, you know, I, I, I just kind of point to a guy like Josh Allen from Wyoming, you know, he, he came into the NFL and the game is just like light years faster than Wyoming. And it took him a while and now he's getting going, but you know, Buffalo is also a, you know, obviously a, a less harsh media. So, I mean, I can't think of any quarterbacks off the top of my head that have come from college and gone to New York and done well, uh, especially early, you know, yeah. Donald. Donald from, from Southern California and Sanchez who Sanchez was the other one I was thinking of, you know, um, I kind of put, kind of put the, the kid from BYU and kind of in the same boat, really, you know, kind of living in a bubble. And then you go to New York where the, they're, you know, the media is just not going to cut you any slack. So yeah, I mean, that was a, that was probably a mistake, but I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them a pass because they don't have a lot of talent around them. And I give him a pass because, you know, maybe, maybe he can, he can get used to it. Uh, AKA Josh Allen did, did, and, you know, but Josh Allen has talent around him. So, you know, I think, I think the kid just has a lot of things working against him. Well, I think the other people from those small schools, like we talked about Roethlisberger and Allen, the thing that they had, and no offense to uh, Luke, uh, or I mean, not Luke, uh, uh, Wilson, uh, is that they had size, tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think you're really giving them a pass because they allowed you to pick Mac Jones up for your Patriots. I, you know, I, that wasn't really a factor, but it was definitely the, uh, the line that crossed the T and dotted the I for sure. <laughs> okay. We're going to move on guys. Last game. Now, so you guys know, uncle Dave picks the slate. Okay. He let me pick one time. It was week two. And ever since then he was like, that's not good enough. You're fired. And he sends me the slate every week. I was flabbergasted when I saw this on the schedule, but he must have reasoning behind it because he is Diamond Dave. Unranked UConn is one and eight. They're going to go to unranked Clemson, who is six and three. Opening line, Clemson minus 40, over under 49 and a half. Current line, Clemson minus 41, over under 51 and a half. 
Uncle Dave, with only 10 points of margin between the spread and the over-under, I imagine that UConn's uh, total points scored for the game is 7.5? You know, I'm really – did you really do that game? Yes, you sent it to me. I know, but I was joking. I was just – Oh, my gosh. I only do what I'm told. See, folks, this is why we do this live here. Actually, Actually, UConn's team total is three and a half. Okay, so the, so what's so then? Okay, so Clemson's team total is forty-seven and or forty-eight. And a, Actually, it's forty-four and a half. Well, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. So what's wrong there? Maybe we can find a winner. Yeah, let's find out. I mean, it started at forty. Current line is forty-one. The tickets are on Clemson. The cash is on uh, UConn. It's all about whether in this game UConn can score and how much. I would have I would have thought that the team total would have been seven and a half just because of the 10 points and margin there. I actually did my research and liked the over because I think UCorn, I think UConn's gonna get some sloppy touchdowns somehow. And I think that Clemson's gonna finally have a field day. I don't know. I would probably be more inclined to take Clemson for the first half, although it is 25. You know, I, I why are we talking about this? <laughs> Hey, Let's find a winner. Someone's going to have Clemson in the first half minus 25. Okay. Can I change my best bet to that? If you want. <laughs> no, thank and you. You've got, a, you've got someone to blame. <laughs> Did you see who UConn hired today? No. Jim Mora. Oh, wow. Yeah, I heard they were talking about it. I didn't know they had done it. Yeah, I think a five-year deal, one and a half million per year with, uh, I think, like incentives for winning. <laughs> that may- <laughs> That made me laugh. That makes sense there. Um, he said that uh, – I think he was quoted saying that the UConn roster is riddled with uh, talent and opportunity. And he'll actually be an assistant coach the rest of the year. He'll be on the sideline this week. Or at least in the booth. problem they're going to have against Clemson is UConn's offensive line um, averages like, you know, 265. And, and Clemson's D-line averages like 365. And, right. the, and the same can be said when Clemson has the ball. So, you know, I, I, I don't think we see – I don't even think we see a, a second-team guy for Clemson in the, in the second half. I got you. I got you. Well, see, that's a miscommunication because you got to understand. Okay, so me and Uncle Dave text pretty much every day. Uh, his humor and sarcasm through text is one of an old grumpy man, which I can never seem to get a read on. I wake up in the morning. I don't know if he's mad at me, happy with me, or, or what the deal is. So when he put it on the schedule, he put a little emoji. And I thought he was just having fun with it. <laughs> no, I just put it there because it's probably the biggest spread of the day in the game that, unless you're from Clemson, South Carolina, nobody will watch. Uh, what's the, what can I get on $100 for the money line on UConn? Um, see if they even have one. Somebody they call. But 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 if I walked into a casino in Vegas, somebody would take my money. Well, you can shop around. I mean, at at the win, you can get minus twenty thousand. But if you go down the street to South Point, it's minus forty five thousand. Wow. So yeah, it's twenty minus twenty thousand. There's value there. That is value. If I'm if I'm a multimillionaire and I just want to make some money, you know, or donate it, what do you think that you think they'll let me put a million on that or no? They probably would for the promotional value. Right, right. I got you. 
Well, that was a good slate, Uncle Dave. We're going to move on. We're going to wrap this up quickly. It's pizza bet time. Anything that pops out to you? Um, pizza bet. Um, Minnesota. How about tonight? If Sleepy can get this out tonight, do you have anything on tonight's game? Um, no. Okay. okay. No. I have thoughts on it, but I don't have money on it. I got it. Uh, Iowa, if I can get six. Uh, I mean, Minnesota, if I can get six. I definitely think that one is doable. Um, there's some fairly sizable money on Boston College. That doesn't look like a bad deal. Uh, let's see. What else? The Oh, here's one. Here's one. I should just bet this right now based on, based on line movement. NC State plus a couple of points at Lake Forest. Okay. Uh, that's just like reverse line movement at its finest. Sure. Uh, I'm on UNLV at home against Hawaii. Yeah, in spite of the fact that it's up to three and a half. Um, and, you know, it, it, it went down. I mean, I think Hawaii opened three and now it's three and a half. Um, I don't know. UNLV does pretty much suck, but you know, right? Where was Hawaii last week? Did they travel from Hawaii or did they travel from the mainland? I would no, they tra- They traveled from Hawaii because um, they actually pushed on that spread. Uh, remember, they played San Diego State. I had Hawaii plus seven there. Yeah, and it's also a, 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 a early game too. It would probably work against Hawaii. So yeah, I can I can see that. I'm also on Tulane coming off of uh, Tulsa's big, uh, I guess, keep it close against Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I can see that too. I can see that too. Um, what else? What else is looking good? Um, you know, Georgia is only minus twenty at Tennessee. Hmm. That's going to be a shellacking. Uh, I don't know how they handle the middle linebacker situation. That's a tough, that's terrible. Either, uh, you know, it opened 20 and a half and it's, it's actually come down a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm not taking Georgia. I can tell you that. Um, let's see. Where, what else does the money like here? Um, I'm running out of real estate. San Jose State? Uh, North Texas plus one, one and a half. At home against UTEP, yeah, um, that's one that definitely is. Uh, it, the, the market would keep me off of UTEP before I did any work, and probably I, probably worth a pizza bet on North Texas. Is just too many tickets and too much money on on the miners, and maybe not enough on the Mean Green. I know they suck too, but somebody's got to win, right? I do have one question for you because, um, like for instance, I look at these um, on pregame and other sites. And it tells you how much money has been taken in, you know, like the total amount taken in. Let me ask you on a total game, side or total, when you look at that amount of money, what is your threshold for significant money? Obviously, on primetime games, we see millions. But like for on some of these games, we only see like 25,000. What's your threshold for a Saturday game? Well, I don't really have a, a, a good answer for that because it depends on when, you know, is that. 25,000 in the first couple hours or is it 25,000 right before kickoff you know there's so much money that comes in 
Saturday mornings that, you know, it's almost irrelevant until that point. And obviously, I mean, it's kind of like looking at that percentage, you know, it's all got to kind of correlate. And the answer is no, I don't have a, a buy sell price, if you will. Um, I do have an instinct and in my own history of knowing how much a line moves versus when uh, versus how much money is involved. So there's really more to it than just, okay, there's a hundred grand. Okay. There's a half a million, you know, it, it, and, and again, it, it also, if I'm going to bet it, you know, we, we talk about line moves and, and some people just giving out plays based on line moves. I have to agree with the line move and do the work. I can't just follow the money because if you remember, and, and everybody should, you know, 52.8% to win uh, at minus 110, and not a lot of people can achieve that over a long period of time, but that also means 47.8% lose. So not all those moves are correct. It's just a matter of which ones you think probably are. And for me, it's if I agree with it, then I would follow it. Yeah, so my research, um, me being an amateur in this, is that I look at all these games that you give me first, and then I do the research on them. And for instance, like I really like Penn State for all the stuff that we talked about earlier, you know, uh, Harbaugh's record against the road, blah, blah, blah. Uh, even last year, Penn State beat them by 10 in Michigan. Long story short, I really love it once I do my research and then I see the money on the same side. Is, yeah. that, is that smart or not smart? No, I mean, that's smart if you can ascertain whether it's sharp money and it's going to continue, whether it's set up money and they're going to come back the other way, especially on a total. Um, so no, if, if you know all those things, that's probably, that's the smart way to do it. I, I do, I do similar, but I would be lying if I said, I know like for sure all these moves. I mean, it's, it's instinct from doing it for, you know, six or eight months or 16 or 18 years, whatever. Sure. Whatever category you kind of fall into. <laughs> well, that's what I tell people when they, when they want to start using bet percentages, you know, you can, they vary from book to book and site to site. And sometimes somewhat significantly. So I tell people like, if I don't really care which one you use, um, just use the same one. So you're always comparing apples to apples and you build your own database rather than bouncing around. And then you, then you'll start to see patterns. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and I stick with pregame just cause I'm comfortable and used to it. So, uh, once again, thank you, uncle Dave. Um, I learned just as much every week as the listeners do. And, um, the other thing is me and uncle Dave, we want to thank the listeners as well. We enjoy doing this. This is free content, um, from one of the best handicappers in the world. But um, we wouldn't be able to do it if there was no listeners. So we are so appreciative of the listeners. Hopefully we grow a little bit each week. You can find us once again on Twitter where we interact with everybody. Um, Dave has a lot going on, but he gets to everybody uh, in a timely manner. Uh, I am at Coach JRod1. He is at Dave underscore Essler, where you can now find some video pics and see some stylish hats um, that Uncle Dave has been posting. I don't know if he was uh, – he has a plethora behind him that I could see right now where he records. Uh, it looks like he's ready for golf on Sunday and the Kentucky Derby. 
Um, so I'm not sure. Um, I think that might be my wife's Kentucky Derby hat, but I could okay. wear it. Okay, I perfect. Could, and uh, it won't be golf this Sunday. I'm going to be out of town. Oh, yeah. I, I'll ask you off air, but I'd like to know where you're going. I, I have a feeling it's not Nebraska. What, what is this November? No, you're right. It's not. <laughs> Guys, make sure you catch us again next week for another free content episode of college football here with the betting predators. Speaking of the betting predators, make sure you go over to bettingpredators.com. They have pick sides, margins, tons of analysts, uh, tons of great information for betting and daily and season long fantasy. They have free content. They have premium content. There is a lot of really special, talented people working very hard to make that site what it is. So make sure you go see them. And then as always, this is going to be free and always will be, but catch uncle Dave's, premium picks at pregame.com by his season long packages. That's going to make you the most money and give you the most bang for your buck. But come Monday night, if you're in a hole and you need a best bet, spend the $25, help the old man out, get, get a good pick, get a good pick, help the old guy out. And uh, other than that, any final words, uncle Dave? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like biting my tongue on this, help the old guy out. So. <laughs> There's just too many things I want to say, um, but this would be definitely a to-be-continued. Well, the last thing I do want to say, uh, regardless of anybody, today we are recording on Veterans Day, and that is a very special day to me. I love the country that we live in, and I am so appreciative of the people who serve. So to those listening, if you have served, thank you so much for your sacrifice. And if you know somebody that has, make sure you thank them as well. All good, Uncle Dave? All good, my friend. All right. We will see you and the listeners next week, hopefully with a lot more money in our bank accounts. Have a good one.